welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. This evening, I want you to go ahead and get a hold of your Bibles, and I want you to open them up to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, and I want to get right into the Word. And I want to speak to you about heaven's demands. Heaven's demands on our lives. I want to share this scripture because there's a demand that has been placed on every single one of us. And in every season, there's greater demands. There's a greater demand upon my life. You know, as Pastor Phil mentioned, Pastor Sam mentioned, is that, you know, recently we've taken over the L.A. Harbor region and had the privilege, amen, all these years to uplift our pastor's arms, Pastor Joe and Sister Doreen, and be there. And now we have the opportunity to step into a new role. But now with that role comes greater demands. And I know that you're only, you're only capable until a greater demand is placed upon your life. Someone say amen. Mark chapter 12, verse 13. And it reads like this. It says, Later they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity and you aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Right here, when we see, is we see that there was a, there, there's a situation and a t- taking place that Jesus is being approached by the Herodians and the Pharisees. And there comes an agenda against Jesus. How many know that the enemy has got an agenda against us? How many know that the devil's got it? Just like God has a plan for our lives, so does the enemy. And he's got an agenda. And if he can't get you to get you to fall one way, he'll try another. And you see, it was the religious leaders that went and sent the Pharisees and they sent the Herodians and they got them together. And normally these people wouldn't get together and come and agree on anything. But I mean, know that when haters, amen, find a common purpose, they began to get together and they plot together. Amen. And the enemy will come and he'll try and he'll try to get, amen, to get you off guard. And that's exactly what took place in Jesus' life right here is that the enemy tried to get him off guard. But I want to point out something that they mentioned because it's so true. It's so true what they said. They actually didn't come with false allegations, but they came with truth towards Jesus. And they said, we know that you're a man of integrity. We know that you're a man of integrity. And now listen to what he said. They said, he says, because you pay no attention to who they are. You aren't swayed by others. And you don't pay attention to who they are. You know what that means? That means that you're not a respecter of man. How many know that God is not a respecter of man? God is not a respecter of man. Jesus, what they were telling him, they were saying... It doesn't even matter who's before you or what, what person or what title they have. You pay no attention to who they are, but you speak truth. And how many know, amen, that one of the demands that God has placed upon our lives, and especially in the times that we're living in, is to speak truth. To speak truth at all costs. To speak truth even when people don't like it. Even when it bothers people. As a matter of fact, your truth should bother other people. 
Your truth should make people feel uncomfortable. Why? Because the truth is, is that we're living in times where everybody's being swayed and they're going one way and they're going whichever way they feel. But let me tell you something, that we have a demand as end time believers and that is to speak the truth and speak the truth at all costs. He said, you don't have partiality. You don't play favoritisms. How many know that one of the demands that God has placed on us is to speak the truth and to speak the truth at all costs and not to have any partialities? You know, we live in a world that does have partiality. We live in a world that it's not what you know, but who you know. It's if you know the right people, you can get in the right room. If you rub shoulders with the right people, you can get some favor. But understand that it doesn't happen that way with God. That God doesn't play partiality. That God doesn't have favoritisms. But that God is not a respecter of man, but God is a respecter of principle. Now let me tell you what that means. That means that what is happening in one person's life can happen in another person's life. When you see God blessing someone, when you see success in someone's life, it doesn't mean that God loves them anymore or likes them anymore. It simply means this, that your brother, your sister is possibly doing something to obtain the favor of God upon their lives. And God is not a respecter of man, but God is a respecter of principles and truth. Somebody give God some praise and glory. We got to understand that God is a respecter of principles. And many times when we see the blessing on someone's life, we can't hate on someone else's blessing. We got to celebrate people's blessings. We got to celebrate, amen, when God raises somebody up, when God uses somebody. And as a matter of fact, if God is doing something in someone's life and it's not happening in your life, you ought to be looking and you got to be studying and you got to be saying, what, is, what are they doing that I'm not doing? What principle are they applying that perhaps I'm not applying just yet? I'm believing that in this time there's many there's women that are rising up and saying, God, I'm not satisfied. I'm not just going to live letting everybody else get their blessing, let everybody else get their miracle. But God, I'm going to be a student of those, God, that you are blessing. Someone give God praise here today. There is a result that comes, the principle of the radical praiser. There's a result when you see those, amen, that come into the house of the Lord and maybe you don't understand their praise and their praise is a little bit radical, their praise is a little out there. Well, listen, perhaps they are getting a breakthrough that you're not getting and perhaps they ain't worried about what's happening around them and they're just saying, I came to the house of God to praise God. I didn't come here for no drama. I didn't come for nobody. I didn't come here to please them. I came here to praise God. There's a result that comes from the generous giver that does not come from those that are sparing givers. There's a result to those, amen, and a blessing. It's a principle. It's about principle, church. It's not about, uh, man, uh, well, I've been here longer. Oh, 
Come on now. I know it's not just my church where be people begin to give me resumes of how long they've been and what they've done and this and that and all the other. Take that resume and put it on Indeed because maybe they care. But listen, when it comes to God, it's about those that are obedient to the principles of God. Those that are saying whether, it's, uh, whether I like it or not, whether it's comfortable or not, I'm going to be obedient to the principles of God. There's a blessing that comes to those, amen, that read, pray, that worship, and read the word of God, that someone who doesn't will never see it. So, listen, instead of us getting bitter, instead of us hating, just you understand that when you see someone's success, begin to study and find out what principles are they applying. Someone say amen. The Bible says this. Let's continue reading. It says, we know that you're a man of integrity and you're not swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. But you teach the way of God in accordance with truth. And then it says, is it right to pay imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. How many know that God knows our motives? Uh, you can say the right thing, and you can go ahead and smile, and you can praise God, and you can worship, and you can all look good on the outside, amen. But how many know that God understands and sees the motives behind what you do? It's not only about what you're doing, but how you're doing it. It's not only about, amen, uh, what you're doing at the moment, but what's truly the motive behind what you're doing. God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outer appearance, but God will look at something. Someone that maybe doesn't look good on the outside, doesn't have all the qualifications that the person to the left or the right, but their heart is in the right place. Their heart is pure. Their heart is right. And God says, I can use a man, a woman like that with the right heart. Someone give God praise today. Understand that God looks at the heart and he said that, but Jesus knew their hypocrisy. In other words, they came with flattering words. They came and they said the right things. But just because someone says the right things doesn't mean that they have your best interest at heart. Just because, amen, how many know that the enemy, that, that, that Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light? Uh, that Satan doesn't come, amen, with a pitchfork and a red suit and a tail, but he comes and he masquerades himself as an angel of light. He'll come and smile in front of you and slit your throat at the same time. He'll come and talk good to you, amen, and sweet talk to you. And sometimes the devil comes and he's got a lot of curbs. He's got a lot of money. He's got a big car. He's got a big job. He's got a big opportunity. It looks good on the outside, but beware and be, de be not deceived. Amen. Uh, just like Jesus said, I know you're talking to me nice on the outside, but I see the motive. I see the heart. God sees the heart, and it's our duty and our responsibility to be able to have discernment within our lives. You got to have discernment. 
You got to have discernment. You can't be swayed. People go and they get swayed by this movement and that movement. And it looks good for a season. And this happens and this the other. And we don't see them committed in the house. But listen, understand that there is no greater joy than to answer to the Lord's and to God's demand and to heaven's demands. The burden lies with us to know who is showing up. First John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have come and gone out into the world. Ah, we are in times, church. We're in times that, listen, we need to be able to be discerning of the spirits that enter into our households, that enter into our families, that enter into our children, that enter into our churches, that enter into our ministries. One of the demands of heaven is that you and I will stand guard and stand firm and not let, amen, a false teaching and something to come and sway us from the truth. My friend, you and I, we got to be rooted in God's word, rooted in the truth. There's not 90-something genders. There's two genders, male and female. There's no other way that, listen, just because man approves it doesn't mean that God approves it. Just because man accepts it, God doesn't say, I ain't got to accept it. And it says this, that Jesus went on and he said, why are you trying to trap me? He asked, bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and they asked them, Who's, and he asked them, whose image is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. And the Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar, and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. But just because they were amazed doesn't mean that they were changed. Just because they were amazed doesn't mean that they changed them. People come and they get, ooh, it doesn't mean that it changes you. People can come to the house of God, amen, and walk out, amen, and still be the same individuals. That doesn't bring change. Just because you're amazed doesn't mean you're changed. Change happens on the inside. Someone says amen. Uh, and so Jesus replies, and he replies back with saying, look, we all got payments and we all got dues. So pay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give back to God what belongs to God. It's not about one or the other, but it's about both things coming together. And as believers, we have a duty, we have a responsibility, we have an obligation to pay what we owe. And we owe, amen, we have a, we have a, a vertical and a horizontal obligation, an obligation to God, an obligation to man. And as believers, amen. Amen. God has called us to pay our dues. Someone say amen. amen. So what do we owe God? If God already paid the debt and salvation was free, then what do we owe God? 
We owe him our very lives. I will die trying to pay God for everything he has done. I will never stop my, my, my sacrifice, my obedience, my servanthood, my worship, my dedication, my commitment. It all goes to saying, God, I owe you everything. I owe you eternity. I owe you salvation. I owe you my family. I owe you my children. I owe you my life. I owe you my health. I owe everything to you. And I will die trying to pay my debt to God. Heaven demands proper service. Heaven demands proper service. The Bible says in Luke chapter 12, verse 48. This is a heavy scripture right here. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. You can't come to God and try to serve him in your own way. You can't come to God on your own terms, on your own standards. Listen, the Bible says there's a way that it seems right to a man, but in the end, it's destruction. You got to understand that there's people, amen, in our churches, there's people in my church, amen, that they say, man, I'm a grown man. I ain't got to answer to nobody. I Listen, I don't owe anybody anything. My friend, you can't serve God your own way. Your own way took you down a path, amen, of destruction, but when you begin to to say, God, I will answer the call. I will do whatever you ask of me, and I will serve you, not my way, but God's way. Not in a way that compromises, but in a way, amen, that, that will be glorifying to you. There's a way that God has asked us to serve him, a proper service, not any old service. Just because you bring it doesn't mean that God has to take it. Just because, amen, you come, amen, and, and serve him doesn't mean that it's the right type of service. God has already told us how to worship him. God has already told us, amen, how to serve him. When you come into the house of the Lord and you got beef with somebody, go take care of that beef first. If you got issues with your brother and your sister and you come to the house of the Lord, it says the Bible tells us to lay it down, lay your gift down, go settle the matter, go fix it first, then come back and properly worship God. My friend, there's a proper way to worship and there's the proper way, amen, to serve God. God demands proper service. Someone say amen. I've already told you how to worship, says the Lord. I've already told the man how to love his wife. I've already told the wives how to treat their husband. I've already told you how to raise your children. I've told you how to honor me with your money. So quit doing whatever you want with your money and then be surprised why I won't bless it. Someone say amen. Well, I gave. Yeah, but you gave with a bad attitude. Oh, here's my 10%. Here, take it. Who wants that anyway? God says, I love the cheerful giver. I love he that comes to my house, amen, and understands that everything they have is because I've given it to them. That's not God's way. So like it or not, you have an obligation. Matthew chapter 7, verse 22. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not served you? Cast out demons in your name? 
and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That would be a sad, tragic, horrible situation and day. That any of us, amen, would think that we are giving proper service. And come to the point, amen, uh, that we are before God. And he says, uh, I never even knew you. You did it, but you did it with uh, alternative motives. Uh, you did it with, man, uh, you, you, you were scheming. There was a reason why. Understand this, uh, that proper service to God says, my loyalty is to the Lord. My loyalty is to God. Uh, he's the only one I won't say no to. Someone give God praise. You want to know who, who's your master? Whoever you can't say no to. You can't say no to money? That's your master. You can't say no to that relationship? That's your master. You can't say no, amen, to that friendship, or you can't say no to something? That's your master. I pray that we are the people that cannot say no to the Holy Spirit. That when God's word speaks into our lives, uh, we understand that he alone, amen, deserves the glory. And I will serve him and I will be loyal regardless of what he asks of my life. Someone give him praise today. Heaven's demands... And it demands proper worship. It demands proper worship. You can't call me Lord, Lord and do whatever you want. You can't call me Lord, Lord, amen, and serve me your old way and bring me worship, amen. And then all of a sudden you come and you come with a bitter heart. You come with a heart, amen. No, my friend, God demands proper worship, proper service. There's a demand on our lives and we will die, amen, trying to pay our obligations to the Lord. Someone say amen. We owe him. Not only our worship, not only do we owe him our service, but we owe him our giftings. We owe him our giftings, church. I, I see it, and I see it, I see people that, man, there's so much potential. There's so much inside of them. There's so much that God desires to do. But listen, even if I understand that every single one of us, everybody here at the sound of my voice, there is a talent, there's a gifting, there's something that God wants to draw out of you. There's something, amen, that needs to be activated. And until we get to that place, I say, God, I know there's a demand on my life, and I'm going to give you what I have. I'm going to get, it may not be much others but to me it's everything I have and I will give it to you someone give God praise today mm. we have a debt to give him of our giftings he has gifted us he has given many of us talents and sometimes God will place a demand on you that you didn't even know you were capable of doing you, were, you didn't even know you were capable of doing I pray, amen, and I pray that I continue to just say yes to the Lord. You know, I feel like, honestly, I feel like one of the most inadequate people to have gone and answered the call out there to Ventura and to Oxnard, to the whole area, 805 area, and to go and to take a, a, a church, amen, 
that perhaps it was one of the hardest situations to take for someone with maybe not a whole lot of experience and not a whole lot of giftings. But one of the things I knew is that, God, if you've placed the demand on my life, then you will anoint me for that demand. You will anoint me for that demand. And I don't know how and I don't know which way, but some way, somehow, as I answer and I say yes to you, then, God, you will align all the things to come together. And I'm here to tell you we've been out there for six years and we have seen the hand of God like never before. We are now occupying theaters. We've got 16 theaters, amen, a complex of 16 theaters out there in Ventura that where people are being reached, uh, the lost are being reached, uh, the glory belongs to the Lord, not because of something we could have done, but it was all God's divine favor until you answer to the demand, you won't know what you're capable of. We owe him. And we also have a debt to the lost. One of the demands that we have is to the lost. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 14 through 15, I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and to the foolish, that is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. We have an obligation and a demand to the lost. We have a demand. Listen, that demand doesn't ever change. That obligation does not change. The great commission is not to some or to a few, but the great commission is to every single one of us. Your title or what? How long? No, 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 listen, every single one of us have been called to reach the lost and the hurting. We've all been given the commission to go out and make disciples all over the world. We have an obligation to the lost. We have an obligation to the hurting. That's why we do what we do. That's why we sacrifice. That's why we give. That's why we, we stay late. That's why we come early. That's why we go out of their way. Why? Because we have an obligation to the lost, to the hurting. We've got an obligation. Every single one of us. And sometimes I see people, man, they start out as servants, end up as celebrities. And think they're too big, amen, to reach someone. They're too big, amen, to go out of their way. They're too big to go out there, amen, and, and let, down, let down their busy agendas and reach someone that's hurting and lost. No, my friend, as in last time I checked, we're still victory outreach. We're still reaching treasures out of darkness. We're still reaching the hurting. We're still reaching the lost. That's why this Friday we're opening up a campus in Oxnard. We're opening it back there. and be Why? Because we know there's a hurting people right there in Chicas, right there in South Oxnard, right there in Colonia. We know that there is people, amen, right there that need to hear the gospel, that need to be reached. We've got an obligation to the laws. Don't get it twisted. 
It's not about coming and feeling good. I, I, feeling good never changed anybody. It's not about coming, amen, and just trying to go with this uh, fad or this or the other. No, my friend, uh, the vision has not changed. We're still reaching. We're still giving. Why? So that we can see the hurting saved at all costs. Someone say amen. Yeah. Lastly, we have a demand to one another. We have a demand to one another. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13. But encourage or exhort one another. You know, good friends, good disciples will call you out when you're going astray. Good friends, good disciples, we have a we have a duty, we have a demand for one another. My friend, you are your you are your brother's keeper. You are your brother's keeper. God came to Cain and said, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know. He knew. Why? Because he was supposed to be his brother's keeper. Because instead of getting mad at Abel's offering, he should have gone and gone to God. Why? Because it was God that disapproved, amen, Cain's offering. It wasn't Abel. It was God that said, oh, no, that's not the right way to bring the offering to me. So he should have gone to the Lord, amen. I want you to understand this, that whenever we got an issue, you got to take it to God first. Uh, quit trying to take it to someone else. Uh, Quit trying to take it to social media. Too many people take it out there and put their dirty laundry everywhere. No, my friend, go and take it to the Lord because only God can take care of it. If they can take care of it, then go pray to them. But it's God. Only God can turn it around. Only God can do something about your situation. You are your brother's keeper. Before you try to deal it with somebody, deal it with God. Someone say amen. We have a demand to one another. You got something. You see something, say something. You see something in your brother. You see something in your sister. Don't turn the other way. Say something. Tell man, I love you too much. And I've been down that road or I've seen too many people go down that road. I thank God for those that called me out. I thank God for those, amen, that, man, I thank God for those that have called me out and said, that's not good. What you're doing is not good. And if you don't change it, you're going to end up here. And I thank God, amen, because it's through that advice, amen, and through the direction of those, amen, that encouraged, exhorted one another. I was able to avoid train wrecks, avoid, amen, uh, disaster. And I know that I'm not done learning. I know I'm not done. I'm a student. I'm a student of those, amen, that are ahead of me. I'm a student of my leaders. I'm a student of those that are in front of me. I keep myself in a learning position and say, what are they doing next? Uh, how are they doing it over there? What else are they happening? What, what else is happening? You got to be able to encourage one another. Someone say amen. Yeah. Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse 6, the wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. So what if it bothers them? 
So what if they stop talking to you? So what, amen, uh, if, they, if they block you on Facebook or Instagram? So what if, listen, all you got to know is that you did your duty. You said what you had to say. You brought the truth out, amen, uh, and you knew that you had their best interests at heart. You weren't trying to drag them down. You weren't trying to drag them through the mud. You were trying to, amen, build them up. You prayed with them. You fasted with them. You sighed along with them. And you said, I'm not going to leave you right there. I'm not going to let you be hurting and go and, and get yourself into further and further and further and further, but I'm going to be there and I'm going to help you and I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to text you and I'm going to show up at your house. I haven't seen you for a minute. I'm going to be there. Someone give God praise today. It says, while it is today, the heart and heart doesn't want to hear it though. The hardened heart doesn't want to hear it. And so you got to ask God, God, I don't want to just pay my obligations and my demands to man. I want to pay my obligations and my demand to you. There's a great demand on this church. There's a great demand. Do you understand that there's a great demand on you? There's a great demand on you. To, to go and to be an example. There's a great demand on every single person here today. There's a demand of character. There's a demand of integrity. There's a demand, amen, of excellence. There's a demand of proper service. There's a demand of worship. And to him who has been given much, much is demanded. Much is expected. And I pray, amen, that we would die saying, God, I gave it my all. I gave it everything. I gave it all I had. I had nothing left to give. I gave you my everything. Proper worship, proper service. I gave you my heart and I gave you my life. Someone give God praise today. I want you to stand with me. Heaven's demands. Heaven's demands. Know this, that when you begin to step out into those demands, those demands will not only benefit you, will, be will benefit your children, and will benefit your children's children. I I'm not living for myself. I'm not living for my own glory. What I do, paying my debt to God, is not for me. It's for those that are going to come after me. It's for the generations to come. It's for my children and my children's children. It's the saying, it's to say, every generational curse stops with me. It stops with me as I pay my debt to the Lord. My children will benefit. My children will be able to say, man, oh man, at one point, my family was a little twisted. Or my grandparents were a little twisted. Or my great-grandparents were twisted. But there came a point where my dad, my grandpa, 
He went and he didn't, st- he didn't stand for anything but answering the call of God. And he paid his debt to God. He paid his debt to the Lord. And I'm here today because others have paid their debt to God. You're here today because others have gone before you and they've paid their debt to God. I don't want to leave owing anyone or, or owing God. I want to leave giving my all to him. Giving my all. I didn't understand the demand that was placed on my life six years ago. Six years ago, there's a demand that came upon my life. And it was at the worst time. At the worst time because it was the best time. I had money, career, 401k, pension plan. Come on, somebody. All the good, the goodness of the Lord. The brook was running, and the ravens were bringing big old pizzas, big old burritos. They weren't just bringing bread. And the demand came. I said, God, this is not the way it's supposed to be. I was supposed to not have it and then answer the call. God said, what good is it for you to sacrifice if you have nothing to sacrifice? If God is placing a big demand on your life, a big demand of service, a big demand of worship, a big demand of generosity, what good is it for you to sacrifice if you have nothing to sacrifice? But it's when we have. And then the second thing I, I asked the Lord, Lord, you were supposed to take everything from my life. And just like the prophet, I was supposed to say, the brook has run dry and the ravens no longer bring bread. It's time for me to go now. And the Lord told me this. He said, Cisco. My divine and perfect will has never been to take anything from you, but for you to lay it down at my feet. That is God's divine and perfect will. If I have to, he said, I will. How many of you have ever been there where God has had to do some pain in your life or cause pain in your life to get you to, to knock some sense in you? He says, that's not my perfect will. My perfect will is for you to lay it down, to answer to the heaven's demands. I don't know what God has been demanding of you. There's people here today, God has been demanding. There's a demand on your life. And I'm not sure that you've been answering to that demand or paying your debt to him. The Lord said, don't let pain come and cause change. Allow yourself to come and allow yourself to willingly Pay your debts. Pay what you owe God. Whatever that demand is, demand of change, demand of servanthood, demand of worship, a demand to one another. Heaven's demand is upon your life. And I believe that today, that there's many that are going to come and say, God, I've been hearing your voice. And I've been negligent to the demand. Whatever that demand is, I believe that today we're going to come. We're going to come before his presence and say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to pay up.
We're going to sing a song. And as we sing that song, if you say, I want to answer to heaven's demands, then I want you to come to this altar with me. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.